Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secret Birds HQ podcast. And this is podcast episode number 86. And today we are joined by Kiara. Hello, Kiara. Hi. Kiara Condi, how are you? Fine, thank you. Really excited to be here. Thank you so much. Really excited to have you on. And Kiara is an advocate and expert on gender diversity, innovation, and women's entrepreneurship. She consults corporations on their diversity goals based on her experience as the founder of Led by Her, a nonprofit that works on advocacy and programs to improve access to women's entrepreneurship, innovation, and women's rights. In partnership with business schools and corporates, the organization delivers an entrepreneurship program to help women who have suffered from violence rebuild their lives through entrepreneurship. With a community of over 250 volunteers, the organization offers courses, individual mentoring, and hackathon events co-organized with the entrepreneurial ecosystem led by her. Led by her recently launched the Found Her Lab, a digital platform coded by Capgemini to mobilize companies worldwide around women's entrepreneurship by offering pro bono skill-based volunteering to entrepreneurs locally. So Kiara is a regular voice in the media. She also has a brilliant TED Talk, which I hope she'll tell us a little bit about today. And she's an internationally renowned speaker on the topics of gender equality, women's entrepreneurship, the future of work, and building a more inclusive world for women. In 2017, she was awarded the Women of Influence Prize, Business and Hope, for the year in France for her work on the subject. Prior to founding Led by Her, Kiara worked at the European Bank for Reconstruction and Development to maximize the gender impact of the bank's investments. She is a graduate of Harvard, and she has a master's from Sciences Po and LSE. So welcome again to podcast episode number 86 with Chiara. And Chiara, you're in Paris, right? Yes, yes, I'm based in Paris. You're Although based. I think I travel today about 80% of the time. Yes, Chiara is a very busy woman. So it's such a pleasure to have you on. And today we're going to be talking about your organization led by her. So before we begin, Chiara, can you tell us, um, outside of your bio, a little bit more about you and your background and how you ended up doing this work, because I know it wasn't, it wasn't planned, because you didn't study this. You studied, I think, art history when you went to Harvard, right? Or something? Um, I studied history, and uh, I studied literature as well. Okay. Uh, okay. So it definitely, definitely not planned. Uh, I, but I have to say that I was very passionate about cultural subjects at the time. Right. But I was also very... Um, very passionate about my community as well and I was engaged I was uh, running a homeless shelter um, you know I was doing a lot of community service and so I think that was also like a really important aspect of my studies and how I um, how I chose to invest my time uh, and that gave me the idea that I wanted to go somewhere and have an impact which is why I, I started by getting the master's in economics because I, I really wanted to pursue that impact by working um, in an international organization. Right. And I worked for two years at the EBRD. Um, uh, and this, that they were just starting to look at the impact that their projects were having on women and um, the donors were asking for that. So I joined that team when it first started. And that opened up for me this idea that there was so much to do for women right now. Mm. Um, that's where I think I had my first training on the subject. But it's also what got me passionate and interested in, in, in working on the subject because I thought it was so interesting um, and outrageous that women are half the population, and yet they um, they're so behind in terms of representation in so many important structures in our society today. 
Um, and yeah. so I became really interested in how can we change that and how can we kind of correct this injustice that has was had been produced for thousands of years. Mm. And so I decided that I wanted to do that through my own voice and my own organization, which is what led me to create Led by Her. Right. And um, to do it in a small, small way, but with a big impact. Right, right. So you... Uh, by Her now has five years. So I know, I know, I it's know. It's been a long been a long <laughs> yeah but you okay Kara you grew up in Europe right and then you went to Boston to study or did you grow up in America where did you grow up I, I grew up in Italy until I was 12 and then I lived in the U.S. Um, mm -hmm. 10 years until I graduated from college right and then you came back to Europe you went to school in you did Paris, then you did London, and then the, right, and then the EBRD I think is headquartered in London, correct? Okay, so you've been moving around quite a bit. Yes, yes, it's, been, <laughs> it's also part of my my learning experience. <laughs> yeah, but I think you know that's so normal now. Like everyone, everyone's moving around, and we're all kind of mobile, and we just kind of get up and go to wherever I guess the opportunity is, or wherever we want to to create that the next opportunity for ourselves. I guess. So you mentioned um, that you wanted to solve this problem. So okay, so how did this happen? Did you just decide one day, okay, I'm going to create led by her, and this is how what what I'm going to do, and this is how I'm going to do it, or how did that come about? What was that process like? No, I, it wasn't like that. I mean, I, I definitely was already, before I started Led by Her, I was already attracted to the cause by mm -hmm. the work that I'd done previously. Mm -hmm. um, so that had already motivated me. And then what, uh, what kind of pushed me to start uh, Led by Her was the fact that I thought it was really interesting to that, that you know one third of women um, in the world suffer from violence, mm. and um, that statistics show that it's it's a really big problem in our society today. And I thought that there was very little in terms of women's empowerment that we could assure if we couldn't you know assure that a woman can live free of violence on this earth. So it was really important subject to me. And also the fact that there was very little to help women rebuild their lives. Mm. Um, I thought that if I created some narratives of a hope that it would change things in society by proving examples that showed that things could be different. And, and that was the, the sort of militant acts behind led by her and behind bringing the women into these important business schools, uh, getting them to work with uh, companies and partners and having them develop their projects. Right, right. Would you like to share with us some of the statistics so that we can have an idea of what um, the numbers are globally around um, victims of violence? women victims of violence and maybe talk a little bit about what that is because I think there may be some people listening who really don't understand what what that entails. Sure, sure. So um, if we count all forms of, of violence and it's about one third of women worldwide mm. and in most European countries you have different statistics ranging from one to seven to one to ten and it's very difficult to actually measure this because, you know, as we're seeing with recent events, there's a lot of uh, hiding of these of these circumstances, mm -hmm. and so it's very hard to capture actual statistics of what's happening. But it shows that it's it's not a phenomenon that is, um, you know. That is, that is like a niche phenomenon and it's happening to very few people. It means that it's large enough that we all have around us people who are affected. Yeah. 
and victims of violence. So is that, what is that? Is that everything from say a woman in abusive relationship to women who've been sexually trapped trafficked? What does, I guess that would be the United Nations. What's their definition of victims of violence, female victims of violence? Um, so I think definition today is, is very wide. Mm. Um, and there are different statistics for people who have suffered sexual violence, for example, um, and other forms of violence. But I think the, the statistics are purposely kept very wide because it's very hard to um, separate the different forms of violence and usually they go together. And obviously also what happens is that, you know, psychological violence can for example then lead to physical violence and transform one transforms into the other mm -hmm. um so they really have to go together yeah and so you're you you realized this was a big problem and you decided okay um how how did you then come about with the business model that you have well, we are we are a nonprofit organization. Um, so right now we have about um, three hundred course hours that we give to the women of personal development, of entrepreneurship skills, um, and uh, and classes like uh, building your social media or building a landing page or things like that that are useful for entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and those classes are given by um by our partner business school yesag okay. um or they're given by uh by other companies that send their employees to give courses or by people who are are simply entrepreneurs or freelancers that come to give courses mm. um that, that part is all being done pro bono. <coughs> um, they're also getting mentoring and coaching individually, um, which is also being handled pro bono. Okay. And we all offer um, team building workshops to companies that want to send their employees to come work on projects with the partners, okay. help them advance on their projects as small teams, and that is one way that we um, charge companies and have uh, money come in for the organization. Okay. Um, and uh, we're a nonprofit, so we do have the majority of our, of our from our volunteers and our participants, and also from uh, donations from private foundations, individuals in our community. Mm -hmm. And um, part, small part for uh, corporates, for example, for our events like the hackathon. Right. This, so this is quite this is quite a complex. Well, it seems complex business model that you have. So did did you start off doing one thing and then it led to something else, or did you just always know? Okay, I've got to I've got to find a way to make this profitable, but at the same time help these women? And then where do you find these women? How are you able to, to source them so that you can then offer this support? Yeah, so we find the women through um, over 100 organizations that we reach out to in the Paris area that okay. help this public. And okay. we give them information about our program and they send women who are ready to start a business. And okay. the women apply on our website and then they go through an individual and a collective recruitment process that right. takes, you know, takes a several. Uh, so, and it's quite intense to measure their motivation to be in the program and to carry through until the end, which is really important to us. Now, in terms of how we started and where we are today, I think, it, you know, I started with a very small project and I didn't know what I was doing and yeah, yeah, it was you know we started with a pilot program and for for the women, and then things grew from there. So mm. I think the program and the project grew organically from there of and course. developed into what is what it is today. 
Yeah. And uh, and then we we obviously we uh scavenging for resources like all organizations because uh donation of, of income. Okay. So we obviously try to adapt new models and test new things so that we could um assure at least in, in, in a small way um a certain portion of our, our budget. Mm, okay. Interesting. So, and there's also, it sounds like there's a proper vetting process. So these women have to have a business idea. They have to be keen on wanting to develop an actual business. It's not just like, okay, anyone can just approach and say, I want to do something. They have to actually demonstrate that they're, they're ready and they have something viable. Is that right? They have to be show us that they are, are motivated to start something. Now we don't focus too much on the project because okay. we see that given that it's a year-long program, the project changes a lot during the year. So we kind of focus more on the person than the actual project, but we want to make sure that the person is there because she's motivated to undergo a transformation and, and to to learn and take what we have to offer. That's our, I think, the, our primary uh, concern. And then we see that when, you know, when people are in that mindset, obviously it's a lot easier for them to create projects. Right, right, right. And then it's really about developing community, isn't it? So the women come in together and they're sort of a part of a cohort and then they, they develop friendships. And I'm assuming these, these are long-term friendships that go beyond led by her. Very much so, very much so. I think Led by Her is a beginning, Led by Her is a community, it's a network. Um, yeah. and I think it's a starting board, you know, because I think what Led by Her does is that it helps um, women become entrepreneurs of their own life. And once they come to that point where they have a choice and, um, and this, you know, they can take decisions over their life, they're going to do that in keep doing that in their lives and keep doing that in, in various scenarios that will be presented in front of them and seize opportunities and then meet more people yeah. so led by her it, on that transformation and it's kind of the something like we open the first door right and then once that door is open there's a lot of stuff that can come through <laughs> yeah now we're seeing a lot we're seeing a lot of organizations and I know yours is a nonprofit, but even just, you know, tip, um, just standard businesses opening up that are using entrepreneurship as a tool to empower women. Why do you think this is becoming so popular? Why entrepreneurship? Because it, this wasn't done, say, five, ten years ago. So why do you think entrepreneurship as a tool for empowerment is becoming so popular now? Whereas before, it was, com it was something completely different. Sure. So I think it's a, I think it's mostly about leadership, right? Like I think mm. entrepreneurship is, is a way of making your own leadership come out. And, and that's what we teach as well. It's like an entrepreneurial process. So you become a leader of your own life. And then once you're, once you are mm. in that position, then you can lead others, you can lead projects and, and being an entrepreneur, it's, it's a mindset, it's a way of being, it's not just uh, creating a business because entrepreneurs, a lot of them create so many businesses in their lives. The business is not who they are. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're an entrepreneur. And I think that's the same idea of why this can be applied to women in corporate settings, mm. right? Because it's making their leadership emerge so that they are in a different position vis-a-vis -vis themselves and vis-a-vis -vis their team and vis-a-vis -vis their management yeah. and the possibilities of what they can do in front of them. And right. I think once you change that, then you empower women to do what they want in, in their lives and to do what they have the potential to do, but often uh, for a lot of reasons, structural reasons, environmental reasons, does not come out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like you said, being an entrepreneur in your own life, because there's a lot of skills that they'll be learning as they build their businesses that they can then apply to their own lives. 
And then there's the economic independence as well. You're teaching them to become economically independent because we know that gender-based violence, um, one of the reasons why women stay is because of economics, right? Yeah, so, I mean, my theory is that violence is just inequality pushed to the, to the limit because mm. yeah, if you treat somebody with violence, you're, you're treating them in a way that is un, unequal. You're, you're saying, you're affirming that they are not equal to you. Mm. So I think inequality in itself is already a form of violence. And yeah. you know that can go, that can be pushed to become physical violence. Um, and that's why I think you know it's really important to promote that women are equal in everything, mm -hmm. and that you know, and, and and that 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 becomes also part of our culture is women as equal. And once women will be seen as equal, there will be no more need for violence because there will no, not be a need to reaffirm that inequality through violence. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if you look at it from strictly an economic perspective, you look at women who, for example, are being trafficked, a lot of that is about economics. And even things like, like recently I was learning about financial abuse. So women who are in marriages and relationships where they're being financially abused. And these are things like, you know, when they get paid, they've got to give their paychecks to their partners. They have no control over their money. And that's sort of the first step. And then that then progresses into emotional abuse and physical abuse. So I think the financial aspect is really important as well. Yes, I think that definitely, you know, independence also allows women to make choices and I think that that's why we go all the way to um to independence and, and and autonomy being the final steps in rebuilding women who have suffered from violence because it's yeah. giving them their another form of freedom that they perhaps did not have in their lives um and also uh asserting themselves so that it's not just about surviving and becoming autonomous but it's yeah. about also contributing um, who they are to, which is which is also one taking it one step further. Um, so, I, and I think that that's you know that's what separates led by her from um, from a lot of programs that we're going into that <coughs> self realization. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Even one. So you're in taking the, in the financial autonomy. Right. You're taking a holistic approach as opposed to just saying we're going to build a business. It's more than just a business. And I imagine, um, I know you have mentors, so I imagine your mentors are also helping these women like emotionally, right? Because some of these women would still need emotional support or is that something that they're getting from an external source? So there's several layers to the question. Mm -hmm. um, so first of all, we separated mentoring and coaching so they can have a mentor for their project and the coach for their personal development because mm. uh, some people are are not prepared for the double role and and that's really important to us and yeah. secondly oh god yeah yeah if it goes deeper in terms of the support that they're seeking we will we, we have a network of organizations that refer women to us well it goes both ways we also refer women to them when they need that kind of support and I think it's important you know especially in the nonprofit world to not be trying to do everything yourself yeah to know what you know what is your excellence and what invested in and to stick to that and so we were very we have very clear lines with what where we can help and where we cannot and where we refer people as well and I think you know I think we, we shouldn't be afraid of referring people I think it's a it's a great thing that that we have a network. Yeah. You know, what you said is so important because we're both connected to an organization in London, which I won't mention. And I remember being a mentor there and I wasn't equipped to deal with the emotional stuff. And I think the way you're doing it is really, really key because like you said, you're separating the two. Because as a mentor, I felt like I was equipped to mentor from the business perspective. But when the emotional stuff started coming along, 
I, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. I felt like I wasn't trained to deal with that. And I think it's really important to separate the two because you're, you're, one person can't do both. Yes, exactly, exactly. And then the problem is that, especially with people who have had difficult lives and who are still living through that, um, sometimes when they only have you know one person for, for both, their their current life situation um takes over from instead of building the projects that they want to create in the future yes and, and that's yes. why you need to that's why you separate two so that they have you know a venue for each and then they can separate both and not feel bad about working on one while ignoring the other yes yes and i mean there are people who are trained to deal with these sort of emotional nuances and I think they're the right people to be doing that part of I guess that would be the coaching and you know then there's other other people who are more fit to do the technical stuff and then that benefits the the individual much more so it's it's just better all around So you've been running this program now, okay? So let's get into the kind of like the upscaling aspect. So at what point did you realize this is growing, this is getting bigger, and now we can start partnering with, you know, business schools and companies and organizations. So let's get into the growth part. So I think we, like the business schools, they were there from the beginning so they were the first okay. partners and then okay. we start and then i think we started building partnerships very early on because we didn't have a lot of resources and so we really needed the community to step in and help us first partnerships were really really important for us to create for example our first events um and and then we as we grew and we wanted to do more things and we looked for more partners keeping you know the old partners in in the places that they were in in, in the program or in, in the mentoring or in the events um and i think we've every year you know we've had the luck of having a lot of continuing relationships which means that we don't have to spend the time looking for the relationships that we already have but that we can keep building on that as we create new projects so for example the platform recently um we looked for a new partner for because it was a new project um but the people we work working on for the led by her program in Paris uh, the physical entrepreneurship program those have stayed the same right so as, as we keep building we keep extending this network of partnerships but we can so how difficult has it been or was it to develop and maintain all of these relationships? So I, I would say that uh, there are challenges when you're starting an organization, there are challenges when you're building an organization. And you know that's also part of it, is that you have to do new things as you grow. And one of those things is keeping those relationships. And I think for the most part, we've done a, a great job of keeping partners like the business school, um, that we started working with ESEG and other partners that have been active in the project and having the same people teach in our program. And that's allowed us to go and look for new partners for new types of projects and new things that we're doing. Um, and I think relationships do require also that there is some kind of work behind it in the sense that you have to do a lot of communication for your partners and um and also keep keep building those relationships and keep maintaining them so there's um there is also continuing work which you don't necessarily see 
when you start a relationship. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, building the relationship is one thing, but then maintaining it is something completely different. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, and there, there are changes there, you know, there, um, I, I want to say that organizations, you know, once they come to life, they also have their lives of their own. And so they take new shapes and they take new forms and, and that also brings you to new relationships and mm-hmm. some old ones stay and, and others don't because it doesn't, uh, fit with, um, with their own ideas and yeah. values anymore. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So now five years has passed and you're in a completely different space. So tell us about what's happening now with Led by Her and what you're looking to do. So right now we, we've built this platform uh, with Capgemini to um, help women entrepreneurs get access to pro bono skill-based volunteering. And we're going to test that first with the women entrepreneurs in our Led by Her community. Mm-hmm. And then with a wider network of women entrepreneurs uh and you know our idea is to keep building on that and try to find use digital as a way to uh to increase and mobile uh, mobilize this community that we've built and take it to a new level mm. um so i think led by her is is exploring that we're at the beginning of um having done something for five years having gotten gotten a certain expertise having built a certain community and now thinking okay like what can we do with that to uh take the next step and to have an impact that is larger than the one we have today Mm. right now this 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 community centers women in the in the early stages of business and you i think are the first guest that i've had on that's actually done the full cycle so you started it you've built it you're growing it and now there's there's that point where okay you're going to step away from it you're going to move away from it are you going to come back i think you're yeah you are the first guest so what does it feel like now that you've built something from scratch, what does that feel like? So it, it feels very good. I mean, there's a, a great feeling of building something, and there's like a great feeling of feeling that you know something only runs because of you and exists because of you. And then there's a great feeling of feeling that you could pass on something to some, someone else, and it has a life of its own, and it doesn't need you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And then there's a great feeling of feeling that you're not tied to something forever in life um so i've currently decided to take sabbatical from from led by her this year um because i have a lot of personal projects that i want to explore i want to concentrate more on my uh conferences i'd like to create more content there is there's a lot that i uh, that i want to do out there yeah yeah. i haven't had the time because I've been very operational obviously in the beginning and um and so I think that there's I think you have to know what's right for you uh and I feel like I've been thinking about this for a year and a half and it didn't feel right until now so like you don't make decisions like this overnight you know there's you do and and then when you feel like the timing is right, then you, then you do it. Um, you know, I'm lucky enough that I have a, a great board and a great team that I, that I can um, pass the organization to for this year. So I'm not at all afraid of what may, um, you know, what may happen when I'm not there. Yeah. Um, when but you know anything can happen, anything can happen, <laughs> literally, right? Exactly. Exactly. Anything can happen, but then you, that's what you also have to be detached, right? You know, mm. it's like you don't an organization because you believe in its values and you have that intention in the beginning, but you don't create an organization because you're attached to certain mm-hmm. outcomes. You know, mm. nothing in life outcomes. Mm. Um, so then you're just 
disappointed. And I think we have a part of it is also saying, well, the organization isn't me. So the organization is something I created and came to life. And now other people are leading it. And if they lead it in another way, then I would have, that's part of the life of the organization. That's, you know, they're not leading me, they're leading led by her. <laughs> yeah. So that's important. And, and, and then it was really important for me as well to kind of take over also that, that leadership of my own life and my own projects and what I felt like doing because I, I had felt that I had sort of sunk under the organization. Oh God, yeah. And I wasn't doing, you know, what I wanted to do and what I wanted to achieve. And, and that I needed the, I needed the space to do that, the sort of creative space to, um, yeah, to be able to renew myself and to, to create something. Yeah, you said so many things just now, like you made so many salient points. Like, for example, you don't create something because you want to be attached to it. I think that's such an important message because sometimes people create things and they get too emotionally attached and they don't know when to walk away and they think it's about them. And it's not about yourself. It's about the impact. And you've built something from scratch and you've created a significant amount of impact and you're okay to walk away from it. And that's that's really good. And you mentioned timing. Time is, timing is everything. You, you've got to know when to walk away. It's got to feel right. And like you said, you've got a board now and they can take it into another direction. And, and you're okay with that because you've got other things that you want to pursue. So in the end, you don't have to stick around with an organization for 10, 15 years. It is possible to create something, build it up and then walk away. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's, that's also something, you know, people do in business, they sell their business. It doesn't mean that you don't yeah. care about what you're doing. I, yeah. I think it's like, like everything, you know, we evolve, our projects evolve. And so it, it might've been something that fit with the person that you were five years ago, but now things have changed. And so it, some, for some reason it, it no longer fits or you, you, you've thanks to that you've grown into something some, something else yeah and so i think it's it's just and that's why i was also saying you know entrepreneurship is more of a posture than a project mm. because you go from project actually it's it's a whole life course you go from project to project you know it never ends yeah. um, and there are very few people who just have one project their whole life so yeah, yeah. So how that's, much, that's kind of accept your evolution as well. Accept your evolution. Ooh, I like that. You know, that's really deep. Accept your evolution because it, you are going to evolve and you are going to grow. And how have you, I mean, I imagine you've grown and changed a lot, but what's, what's some of the, the, the most sort of like, um, I guess, significant ways that you've grown both personally and professionally in the past five years of building this organization? Um, well, definitely I've, I've affirmed myself, uh, on, on a certain expertise around w women, uh, entrepreneurship, yeah, yeah. uh, you know, women's rights issues. I've you're kind a, of you're Yeah. You're a leader in your field. So I think it, it's, it's given me, uh, it's given me a voice. It's given me. Uh, a field on onto which I, I you know I experimented my ideas I carried out projects yeah um tried out things so it's been a learning ground for me as well and I definitely would not be where I am today without led by her because it's where it's where I learned everything that I learned and mm. so I, I'm very 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 grateful for that um I think I'm much more, uh, uh, five years in, I'm much more detached from the organization that I was. Mm. Um, like I said before, it would have been very difficult for me to leave. It would have been very, um, very, very uh, difficult to uh, accept um, other people making decisions. Um, you know, so I've definitely learned to delegate. I've learned to to take a distance I've learned to listen to myself um and 
I, you know, I feel like I've learned a lot, a lot of things uh, about what I want and to uh, do and act on what, you know, my intuition and my feelings are telling me. Mm. Um, mm. Rather than be afraid of external circumstances. Um, so I think I'm a lot less impacted by the external world. That's good. That's uh, in, really good. In my decisions. And I think that comes with, it's a kind of a, like a confidence or self-awareness that comes with doing something for a while. Um, and then I, uh, I also think it's, it's definitely uh, taught me a lot about <laughs> doing a lot with nothing, with very few means. So I think one of the great things about building your own project is that, you know, at some point you're doing everything yourself. So you've done everything. So you know how to do everything. I mean, you're not an expert on any one subject, mm -hmm. but you know a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah. And that's really valuable. Yeah, exactly. And now, so you're moving away. So now you're going to move into more speaking and consulting. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about some of your speaking engagements? I know you did an amazing TED Talk in, Bar is it Barca, Barcelona? Was it Barcelona or Madrid? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, in 2015, I had the chance to give a TEDx in Barcelona, which is really interesting because it was the first year of led by her. So it feels in a way like it, when your organization has five years, it feels feels kind of ancient mm. um so but uh, you know and it's also really interesting for me uh, because it's it's almost um you know it's, it's it's a it's a memory of where i was five years ago and yeah. um uh and then i've done i'm doing a lot of conferences right now i spoke it in may at the women's forum in toronto yes um yes. all about entrepreneurs I was just in South Africa for an industry conference for the aviation industry Ooh, nice. on including women in innovation and that's important okay so I'm doing a lot of um, both speaking about entrepreneurship but then and women and why we need more women in technology and entrepreneurship and in startups but also I'm doing a lot of conferences about how we can bring sort of the learnings about getting women into entrepreneurship to getting women into leadership positions in the corporate world. Mm, um, okay. There's a big demand for that. Yeah, yeah. And a lot that needs to change and, and a lot of statistics that are not necessarily improving. And so people are looking for new ways of, of doing that. And, and I think that there is also, uh, an increased awareness in the, on the, around the fact that we need more women in order for companies to grow, in order for companies to innovate, and in order for companies to continue to be profitable in the future. And mm. if they don't take care of this today, then it's going to be very difficult to, um, to assure their growth in, in the future. Definitely. I love how you and other women that I've interviewed on this podcast and just met in life generally, you create one thing and then that then you walk away or you stay or whatever you decide to do, but then that then acts as a facilitator for you to then start almost like on your third or fourth or your, your next career. Because like you said, doing this work with Led by Her has now made you a specialist and an expert in your field. And now you're doing speaking engagements and consulting and you're going to get into a whole host of other projects which you probably, I wouldn't say that you wouldn't have been able to do, but doing led by her has definitely opened more doors and made it easier. Yeah, I, I would say that it, it's taught me a lot of things that now mm. I can apply to other things. And, yeah. you know, and obviously given me a training that now lets me see things differently and therefore look at problems with new solutions. And I think, uh, I think that that's kind of the angle that each of one has because we've, we've lived different lives. And so we've experimented different things and lived through different things. And, and that makes us special. That gives this special lens through which, you know, we see the world that other people don't and then that we can use that 
to add a lot of value for other people. Yeah. And I think that's, that's also really great because sometimes people are building things, platforms, businesses, what have you, and they get really discouraged and they fail to realize that as you're doing this work, it may seem like, I mean, with you, you've been tremendously successful and that's great, but sometimes people aren't as successful and then they almost feel like, well, I've wasted my time, but it's never a waste of time because like you said, you have, you have gleaned skills, you've built something, you've learned so many things and that then will inevitably open other doors for you. It always does. It always does. It's never a waste of time. No, I mean, life is, is always like a, a road that keeps going on. And so wherever you are today, it's because of whatever you did yesterday. So um, yeah. you wouldn't be there without that. It's, I think it's about embracing that and accepting that. Yes. And, and not everything that you're accepting is, is positive or good, but you're just, you're just accepting and saying, whatever I have, I learned. And that's why, you know, now I want to do something, something a certain way. Um, yeah. And I think it's, it's that self learning that makes, that makes it that nothing is ever wasted. If you're, mm. if you're not applying what you learn to your life, that that's the only thing that's wasted. Absolutely. I mean, I'm on your website right now, which is your personal website, which is kiaracondi.com. And you define yourself as an entrepreneur and an activist. And that's really a lot of women. Um, I mean, you've got men doing it too, but obviously this podcast centers women. A lot of women now are, are defining themselves as activists who are operating in the entrepreneurial space. Why, again, do you think entrepreneurship has become so popular for, for activists? Because once upon a time, activists were kind of... Um, I would say against entrepreneurship. They saw entrepreneurship almost as the, as the, uh, as the, as problematic, you know, as like the demon. Okay. We don't want to get involved in that. That's, that's greedy. That's not helping anyone. But now it's kind of the tool that everyone's using. Yeah. Well, I think because entrepreneurship has grown, you know, you have social entrepreneurship, you mm -hmm. have so, you know, not a lot of nonprofits now that are running almost like businesses. Mm -hmm. I think it's definitely grown into more of, uh, of, of developing a project, you know, rather than a, a, a business. And I, you know, and I think that's, that's a good thing because I think we can be entrepreneurs in so many ways without having to create a business. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so I think what is important to me in that message is that it's about getting women to do what they want to do with their own lives, whatever mm -hmm. that dream is, you know, wherever they are today. Um, and getting them to a place where they feel like they have the power in them to do that and to make that choice for their life. Mm -hmm. um, and that's to me, what's the most important. And, and today the truth is that a lot of women are not in that situation. So it's about getting women to that situation and that place of, self-realization yes. that we are fighting for and and you know that that's the entrepreneurial journey and in, in, in a summary <laughs> yeah and we're also realizing that it's okay to use business models to um and to become profitable but then you can you can do something impactful with that profit you can then use that profit to solve a social problem so you're combining the sort of non-profit social social problem with the the business model from from entrepreneurship and you're creating something new they don't have to operate separately like they did in the past you can forge them together and i think that's what makes it so exciting because you can you can make a profit but you can use that profit to do good as opposed to in the past yeah, yeah where people felt like oh well it's just about being greedy and and making profit and no one really cares and it's like no people do care so just extract the bits that you like and leave the rest because the nonprofit space has always for a number of years had its issues as well. So it's just kind of taking the bits from both, isn't it? And, and creating something new. There's so many ways to do things. And I think that's what you definitely what you learn. You know, there's so many ways to, um, the, the, there's no, there's no one way to do a project or no right way. You know, I think every, for everybody there, 
there's something that works for you. And I think it's about finding that and understanding what that is for yourself. For sure, for sure. So Kiara can talk about, let's see, entrepreneurship and startups, the entrepreneurial journey, nonprofit organizations and social entrepreneurship, diversity and equality, women's rights and empowerment, and so much more. So there's, there's a lot going on. And it's been so exciting and, and, and motivating speaking to you. So what um, final words do you have for our listening audience? Um, well, I, I really just encourage everybody to um, start thinking today about what they want to do and start taking the first the smallest step that they can towards realizing their project. And often that's, you know, doing a little research, that's sending an e email, that's testing a little something. And I think that a lot of times, the reason why we don't realize our projects is because they stay ideas and they never come into reality. So I, you know, I always say that the best thing I ever did was that I, I just tried right away. And then I took it from there. And I think a lot of times we, um, we need that because you know the universe can only start giving things back to you once you start putting things out there. Yes, that's great. That's good. So where can we find you? I know you've got your personal website, kiaracondi.com, and then you've got led by her. Is it ledbyher.com or ledbyher.com or is it ledbyher.fr? I can't remember the website. Do you want to remind us of, of your websites and give us like ledbyher.org? Ah, ledbyher.org. Okay. Led and, okay, perfect. And where can we find you? Um, is should if someone wants to get in contact so, with you? Um, you can find Ledbyher.org is the website for okay. the nonprofit. Okay. Or you can find me through my own personal website, Kiara Con 